This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're asking the question, how was London? How was it? And then we're answering that question, because as of the recording of this, we are still pretty fresh off of our trip to London, England, United Kingdom, Europe, world. Not for long. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I still have jet lag. I still am, well. You're, are you waking up? I'm waking it, up it at is like eight hours three o'clock. of us. I'm waking up at like 3 a.m. and I'm like, ready to go, and then I'm like, don't, you gotta go back to sleep. Well, the thing that I'm noticing is at about seven o'clock at night. It hits you. I get hit really hard with this like irritability that, like I was out to dinner with the family and they were all talking and you know interacting with one another, which I mean, that if that's your thing. Yeah, it's family's talking. It was not my thing at the time. I mean, I stopped at one point, I was like guys, I just wanna tell you, we're like halfway through the meal. I am so irritable right now. I just now. feel like I could explode with irritability and I'm just like very testy. You know, this is kind of crazy because you know how it's manifested itself with me? Extreme restless legs. Extreme really? restless legs. Now I have restless legs syndrome and um, I think I've talked about this before but anyway, it's this, you know, the, the irresistible urge to move and what was happening is it was in my right leg and well, then it started it, getting in my right hand. But hold on, this is only when you're sleeping, right? No, it happens when you, it happens typically when you're trying to go to sleep. But what was happening, which was so weird, is that because of the jet lag, it was hitting me about 7.30 for me. So on Monday night, I was in my therapy appointment and I started having it real bad and like my leg was bouncing up and down and then my, I've never had it in my arm and so my arm was also like, I was like moving around a lot and my therapist was like, you're very uncomfortable with what we're talking about right now, aren't you? And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, but it's because I got restless legs, brah. In my arm. And um, you got restless leg in your arm. And then the- Why not call it restless arm? And then, the, I, I don't know what that is. And then the next night, uh, I went back to my therapist with my wife, it's a long story. Well, let's um, go into it. And uh, <laughs> we just needed an emergency session and uh, okay. it was actually great, an incredible session. But during that, it happened again and I was just thinking about it. Show me exactly what you were doing. Like, you see my foot? Can you see my foot? I, my foot would be out like this and I'd be like this. Okay, your foot's out. You, so you're just waggling your foot. But what about your arm? You, okay, you got a fist, you got one hand and a fist and you're like grabbing it with your other Just hand. moving. Just you just look very uncomfortable. Yeah, I look like I'm squirming my way out of something. And maybe I was. Yeah, like when but, you get sent to the principal's office but you have to wait outside and everyone's walking by going to lunch and they see you sitting there. Yeah. And you're like, well, his legs twitching, his, his, he's holding the hands with himself. But just to be clear, because a lot of people think, oh, I tap my leg a lot, I must have, that's not restless leg syndrome. So if you have a tendency to let out excess energy by like bobbing your, your knee up and down like that, uh -huh. not restless legs, not the same thing. Restless legs is this, you only can explain it if you have it, it's this irresistible urge to move to the point that you feel like you're going to it gets so uncomfortable not to move. 
So it's not like the little thing where you're just bobbing up and down. And well, you know don't what? wish it on your worst enemy. I'm sorry you have that, Rhett. Okay, go ahead though. I don't have it. Yeah. Never experienced it. I mean, I'm only, I'm only imagining what it would be like just by hearing you describe it. Right, and I describe it in such a vivid way. You don't even need to watch the video version of this podcast in order to get all the, of course, maybe you do because I did a, I did a, lot, of, a lot of physical things a second ago. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> well, you shook your foot and that wasn't even in a shot. <laughs> but you saw it, they can see your face looking at me. Yeah, they can. Why are you yawning, man? See, it's hitting you. I'm tired, man. Jet lag, dude. I'm from, I'm from London. Uh, once on, I, London time. Once I told them I was about to ex explode um, with irritability, then it actually helped, and I didn't, for mm -hmm. the record. Yeah, um, you separated yourself from it. You are not your emotions. But um, it, they seem to not have heard me. It wasn't like they responded, it's like, oh, thanks for sharing, they, they could have said that. Yeah. Um, they just kept talking. But it made me feel good to acknowledge that I had feelings instead of letting those feelings control me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm actually tr trying to do. And it's um, it was nice to know that it was jet lag and that I'm not just a, a jerk that doesn't want to be around my family because I do. Yeah, because I thought something was going. I thought something was wrong with me. It was so intense, and it was just that. No, no, you would be asleep right now, and you're not. And yeah, yeah, because seven seven p.m. feels like. Let's see. Plus eight is fifteen a.m., which is three a.m. There is no fifteen a.m. Fifteen hundred hours would be three p.m. Right. There's no fifteen a.m. It's just that's the next day. You know, we should change that. They should just keep counting. They should count from the beginning of time. So we're going. So, that should be the to what time it is. Uh, we've never been to London, so uh, this podcast is going to be us sharing with you our first ever experience in London, except for being at the airport. I mean, we've been we've connected through the London airport, but we've yeah. never been in the the land of London, like out and about. Yeah. So uh, we're going to share. Um, those things with you. We were there for uh, VidCon and also for a concert that we played, which was at the same venue, but was technically well, it was it was a part of VidCon, but it was a separate event, separate ticket. It's a little complicated, but it doesn't matter because it's done. It's over. Um, and I was just looking at the pictures from the concert, and I was like, man, that, that cool really pictures. really validates having done it when you have cool looking pictures of it. Well, we got some pictures taken by, it was Anique, is that how you, yeah. Thank you, Anique. Anique, mythical beast. For doing that. Uh, from Amsterdam, came over and took some pictures of us. She took a lot of pictures, and uh, and then she sent us what she deemed to be the cool ones, and they are very cool. Um, I po posted one to my Instagram. <laughs> so lots of thoughts about London. Uh, we'll get into all that, but first, I just wanted to share uh, a story with you, something that happened to me that I haven't shared. Uh, when I got back from London, so a few days ago, I injured myself. Oh, surprise! <laughs> and uh, I just thought I would sh I would share it with you, uh, loyal ear biscuit listener, and to you, Rhett, loyal friend and irritable companion. Yep. So I get home and I happen to mention uh, to Chrissy, I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna put my passport away. I'm gonna put it back in the safe. I, I keep my passport in our fireproof safe, which ultimately I just think if, if there was a fire, we would, I guess we'd grab the safe, but if we didn't, maybe it would survive, but I don't know. It's like. It's fireproof, man. It's fireproof Why to a certain degree. That's true, I wouldn't grab it, it's heavy. It's a lot of things as I'll get into. 
And she was like, oh, get my passport too because I haven't put mine back in there. I was like, well, we need to keep them in there. Yeah, yeah. So I go get hers and the safe is not in the place that it used to be. Well, and don't tell us where it's at because I'll break in and get it. I have to tell you. Okay. Um, Cause what's more important is me telling this story than keeping secret where my secret safe is. I got a dummy safe. I got a safe that they'll take and they think that they got the safe. Where is that one? I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you. Where's the real safe? <laughs> Definitely not telling you that. Oh, you didn't fall for it this time, but you had already told me that it's under your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, my safe can't fit under my bed, bro. You got a big safe? Yeah. Like how big is your dummy safe? Uh. You, I've seen your dummy safe. It's like you walk in the you, front door and it's carry, right there. You could carry it, but the real safe I can get into. What? I've never told you about it. The dummy safe is in in the front of your house, just sitting there. Like somebody, a thief walks in, you're like, "Dummy safe here!" Like it says, walk, it says, walk, take, walk. It says take me. <laughs> I'm dummy. I'm it not says, a dummy safe. Is says, what it says, says like. free. You have a walk-in safe. I might. Uh, Let's talk about you getting hurt. Ironically, a walk-in safe is not safe because you can get locked in. Well, I'm not planning on locking myself into it. My safe is pretty small. It's like the size of uh, four trapper keepers stacked on top of each other. It's got a lid on it. Anyway, it's not in the place that it used to be and neither is Jade's dog kennel. Jade is here with me today. Jade, say hello. Jade, say hello. I'm telling a story about your your kennel, your cage. I don't like to call it a cage because it's her home when we're not at home and she likes it. It makes her feel secure to go in there and more importantly, she doesn't pee or poop in it. Oh, so you so you you still put her in her crate when oh, you yeah, leave. Oh yeah, because because she will pee and poop in the house. She's got she's part Dotson and then she's got she's the part that likes to sneak and pee. Anyway, when Britain moved into our house, we converted the office into his bedroom, right? Um, glorified closet. Anyway, that's where we kept her kennel and where I also kept the safe and I kept the printer. So then I'm like, I gotta find a new place to put our printer. I've moved all of that stuff that's in that bigger room that he now sleeps in into the closet that's underneath the stairs that lead up to my bedroom. So like picture like a Harry Potter kind of closet. Um, you open the door to that closet, there's a light Why switch in there. Why didn't you just put Britain in there? <laughs> I thought about it. I did think about it. I was like, hey, if it's good enough for Harry. Yeah, give him something to write a song about. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, have you been in this closet? You open the door, you hit a light switch. I didn't know it was there. It's a very. Next time I'm going in though. When you open the door, you're looking down the staircase that like it goes, if you look straight ahead once you open the door, it, it goes away from you to a it slopes down to a point. So you're not looking at it sideways where it's sloping sideways. You're at the tallest point and then it's sloping down to the floor. When you open the door. When you open the door. And a matter of fact, it kind of slopes down and then there's like a cubby hole where, that I put, stop yawning while I'm telling a story. It's boring, man. <laughs> I know you're jet lagged, but it's not good your for my ego. Your story's boring. <laughs> so it slopes down, and, and you're then talking it, about the architecture of this under the stairs it's, room. This is, is it the, important. The architecture is important to what happens. Okay. So you need to be able to visualize this. It's slow. You walk in. It's about six feet tall. It immediately slopes down to about two and a half feet tall, where there's a cubby hole that I put the printer in. Oh, that's nice. Then in front of the printer. I put the safe. In front of the printer? It's just a small safe. 
Four Trapper Keepers. Then to the right, there's there's enough room for a bookshelf that has all of our board games that we used to keep in Britain's room. Oh, board games. And then, so you can walk in and get to the printer or the safe for the board games. You don't games. put the board games in the safe, huh? No, not <laughs> enough room. I don't have a walk-in safe. I really value it. I could make this whole closet a safe. <laughs> I got all my board games in my walk-in <laughs> safe. Don't want <laughs> Shoots and ladders is very yeah, flammable. It's vintage edition. Um, this, it would be easy to get to the printer and to the safe, except for the fact that then at the last minute I realized I didn't know where to put Jade's crate. So then I put it in right smack dab in the middle. And it fills basically the whole floor of the closet. So okay. when I go in there to put the two passports that are in my hand into the safe. You gotta move the crate. But moving the crate is difficult because it's almost the width of the door. You so have to in, move the crate to print? Yeah. Well, this it, is not sustainable. No, what, but you can, what you can do is you can basically, I can stand in front of the crate and bend over like hinge, then put my hand on the crate or somewhere and then kind of reach and grab what I printed. That's worked a few times. E easy. But the printer's a foot higher than the safe. I didn't, I didn't take that into account that this was gonna be more difficult. So I, I'm standing there my shins against the front of Jade's crate. Then I hinge over and I realize I, I can't reach the safe. So what I do is I take my hand and I extend it out as far as I can and when the slope goes down, it, it, it then goes vertical for a two by four and then goes horizontal into the cubby hole where the printer is. So there's a little two by four height where- You rested your hand on I that. rested my hand on that and I like, I'm pushing hard, holding up my body weight with my right hand and then I'm reaching down with my left hand to open the, open the safe and I realize, well, I can't open the safe with my left hand because I got My left hand doesn't know the combination. <laughs> Only my right hand oh, does. There's, there's no combination on my safe. It's just for fire. It's not for theft. All you gotta do is push, grab the handle, push down on the safe, grip. You don't have a combination? No. Squeeze the handle and then it will open. My, mine scans my eye before I walk in. I don't care. That's not true, but I mean. So then I'm like, I gotta switch hands. So then I gotta get my right hand down there because the safe handle's on the right side. And so, um, I put my left hand up there and I take my right hand down. So now I'm. Always maintain a point of contact. So now I am, my my whole upper body weight is being held up by my left hand and then I reach down. Again, I have the passports in my hand but then with my other three fingers, I'm gonna grab the handle, push down on the safe, pick it up all the way, open the lid and then I'm going to throw the things in and then I'm gonna close the lid and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna unhinge myself and I'm gonna get out of there like a proud man. That's not how it happened. So I'm holding myself up with my left hand and I reach down to grab the, uh, open the safe and I open the safe and the, as the lid is coming up and I'm trying to pull the lid up, my left hand slides yeah. off of the <clears throat> two by four that's holding my whole entire body weight up. Into so, the cubby. Yeah, and it goes into air. And then I just, <laughs> I start falling. So the lid is up on the safe. My hand is in a free fall. My body begins to be in a free fall forward. And the 
lid, my right hand starts to fall too and I try to catch myself with my right hand because it's I let go of the safe and I turn my hand around to put my palm toward the ground and, and catch myself. But as I do that, the lid of the safe comes down on my fingertips. I think I see the finger that got the, the brunt of it. And then the lid snaps shut on my fingertips while my left hand comes down on top of the safe and pushes my entire body weight on top of the safe lid, thereby smushing completely my middle finger. And I'm not just saying the tip, I'm saying just it, it it clamped down just below the base of the fingernail. So basically the whole top part above that knuckle was safe from fire. Yes it was, that is the positive <laughs> spin on this story. The negative spin was that I was in excruciating pain where I had. Say any wordy dirts? I had locked my middle finger it of locked. my right hand into the safe and was applying my full <laughs> body weight on top of it and I was in like a yoga position that you just can't magically hinge up. You just can't magically, like my feet yeah. are way back here behind the, the, the kennel. The fire safe position. <laughs> I was, Dad's I was, doing fire safe. I was like bent over a barrel basically and I don't know, at that point I'm like struggling to get my finger out of the safe and it won't come out I'm like I wasn't. Were you home alone? I was not saying English, I was not saying expletives, I was grunting like a caveman in pain, agony, and just total uh, despair that I, was gonna, that I was gonna be there forever. But how soon after that kind of thing happens, like in the middle of it, are you thinking, I'm gonna talk about this on your biscuits <laughs> because it hurt. That's what happens. So bad. That's what happens to me now. Anything that happens that is like I should have got myself into this situation. Well, I'll answer that because, <laughs> yeah, what happened was it was an excruciating amount of pain, and of course, time slows down at that point. But somehow, I was able to hop my left hand off of the safe onto the floor, and then rip my right hand Ugh. out of the safe. It was still closed though? It, it, it didn't fully latch. That would have been impossible. And then I like put both my hands on the dog crate and like peel myself back. Well that, you could have had a trouble there too, putting all your weight on a dog crate. Yeah and then. It collapsed the whole thing. And then I don't know if I immediately laid down on the floor or did a, a dance around the room but I looked at the footage and you can hear, cause I have that, I have that security camera in that room and I, and but I was out of frame but I, I played it back and I could hear the noise I made. It was like <laughs> and then and then I was like oh! Did you save oh! that, did you save that clip? Oh, I got the clip, yeah well uh, if, if it works we'll throw it in there. Um, and I'm like wallowing on the ground like oh! And like Christy comes in there she's like what's wrong? She, she told me later she thought that I had fallen down the stairs. <laughs> it's your, like the noises your, your you make reaction, when you are falling down the stairs. You must have fallen down the stairs. No, let me explain what I did. It'll take 12 minutes. I would have been, I would have, yeah, I would have been bawling, except I was laughing and I was thinking about how ridiculous this was and that I was gonna share it with you on Air Biscuits yep. at that point. Um, she got me some frozen peas and she was like, what happened? She, and I was like, I smushed my finger in the safe. I can't tell you the details because I feel kind of faint right now. And I was thinking about what had happened 
and I was starting to feel faint and I sat there on my butt with frozen peas on my finger for like 10 minutes before I could like feel like I could stand up. You thought you might have broken it maybe. Well I was convinced that like I had lost my fingertip or at least the nail um, and I still may lose the nail. Oh man it hurts, it still hurts a little bit but um, oh man I am so appreciative of nails. You know what's kind of interesting as well? Like if it like, wasn't for fingernails, it, yeah, I, I, I would have lost the fingertip. I think I, that's it's a protect. It's an ar- it's armor. I'm not going to tell the story because I've already because it's not much of a story. But you know the finger that I hurt before we left for London. I was telling you about putting my hand into my um, guitar case and the thing going between my fingernail. Oh yeah, it's the same finger, the middle finger of the right, the right hand. hand. It's been swollen. You see that? It's you been think sw- this is a sign or something. It's been swollen ever since. It's like I was worried that I you're was talking about the cart, the cutilage, the cuticle on the right side of your yeah. This thing finger. went and it bled. It it went down in there and then bled. I did that one time and it got infected. That's what I thought was happening. And it swelled up so big that I superheated a needle underneath a flame and I stuck it in to to like drain all the pus out. I thought it was gonna get some sort of like London bacteria, you know, like, you know, like some old world bacteria that was gonna take me out. I don't know how bacteria works. Okay, we're both fine though. My, well, I'm not fine. My fingertips still hurts, brother. Oh, okay, uh, we are gonna talk about London, but first, we want to let you know that Ear Biscuits is supported by Honey. Honey is a free browser add-on that finds me the best deals online. The app magically auto applies the best deal to my cart at checkout and it finds discounts and coupons across 37,000 sites including Amazon, Sephora, Best Buy, and Mora. It also finds me the best deals online because <laughs> with Honey, I don't worry about missing a deal. I just shop like normal and then Honey handles the rest. For instance, if you're interested in crushing your finger in a safe, yeah. you can save $23 on a safe from Home Depot. And if you wanna get a brand new passport holder, with Honey, you can save $5.06 at Office Depot. Honey members have already saved more than $800 million. That's not bad for something that's completely free and takes two clicks for you to install. Honey has over 100,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome and Time Magazine called Honey basically free money. There's no reason not to use Honey. I cannot think of one, you can't either. It's free to use, easy to install on your computer, just two clicks. So shop with confidence, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash ear. That's joinhoney.com slash ear. Honey, the smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money while you're shopping online. Ear Biscuits is also supported by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started so you can start investing at any level. The simple intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. You can view easy to understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 most popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, trade your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Ear Biscuits a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at earbiscuits.robinhood.com. Now on with the biscuit. Okay, let's talk about London. Um, 
Like we said, we had never been to London. The thing that I'm really into are the little differences. I thought maybe we could start with just a couple of the the little differences that we noticed. Well, there's the thing that you talked about at the beginning of our concert that you were fascinated with. When you stop at a traffic light and it's because the light's red, that that also means in London that you need to stop. Even though you're driving or riding on the other side of the road, when you see a red light, you should stop. But once you're stopped, when it's time to go, the light just doesn't turn green, people. It turns yellow to warn you, to give you a heads up that it's about to turn green and then it turns green. So it turns yellow on both sides of a red. Warning, you're about to stop, yellow, red, and then heads up, you're about to get to go again, yellow, green. And I'd, I'd never heard of this. I did, it's just not, I just thought this would be something that they say about London. This seems important to I me. I think it's that way in other places too, other I've, than just London. But I've been to other places, never seen it. I don't deny that it could happen. The reason there's not other places and it's not, it's unnecessary. I love it. It's unnecessary. I love it you because I, I, I like, I'm a planner, man. I like to know when something's gonna happen. And specifically when it comes to driving, I like to, I like to be the guy who takes my foot off the brake. Yep. And I like, I, I start to give that. it a little gas. But here's why it's unnecessary. Because it's it flashes for such a s- short period of time, less than a second. Your action that you take after you see the yellow is the same action that he, we here in America take when we see green. But here's the psychologically. There's, n- there's no difference though. There's no active difference. There's, a, there's definitely a psychological difference because it's, if the light's green and I'm not going, I feel like a failure. So I feel like I have no chance of being a success unless I start going, risking going when it's red, which is which is unsafe and a violation. I'm, but I don't, I'm not the, looking for emotional support from the way I respond to the traffic Brits lights. Give me an opportunity to feel like a success when driving, and I like it because I want to be in motion. But do you think that when they made the decision to green. do this in Parliament or wherever they made the decision, well, they were I'm like, we, they were want, yelling about we it. want people to feel like success? No, they think, they they have a traffic reason for why this is the case. There's no other well, way you're explanation. You're a civil engineer, what do you think it is? Like, walk a mile in their shoes. The reason that, from an engineering standpoint, and I, their and, I, and I haven't thought about this much, so I could definitely be wrong. Let me just state that. So I, I am open to hearing the engineering argument for this, but the reason that. Can we, can, and can we loop can I that just, part where you say, let, let I me, could definitely be wrong? Let, well, who, they can loop it if they want. That's, I'm just inviting them to loop that, so like gif it, gif the, it. The reason that the yellow light is on, is in between the green and the red, is because there's a lot of variables Happen. There's so many variables while all the cars are moving. Sure. Where you're at, how fast you're sure. going. So there's there's a decision to be made, right? There is no decision. It's a binary decision that needs to be made. Because uh, like when you're slow, you're slowing down. How fast am I going to slow down? Am I going to go through the light? Am I not? There's only one decision that you can make when the light turns green, and that is to accelerate, to go. And so by seeing the yellow light for a split second, the the, the outcome is the same, it's unnecessary, it's not needed, it doesn't do anything. Because people are responding to it the same way that we respond to a green light. The thing that I read about it was that it's related to stick shifts. Because if you're not, to get in the right gear, what it's just another heads up, because you get, you have to, there's preparatory work 
I'm not making this up. This is something that I happen to read. I understand that, and there's a lot, many more manual cars in uh, England than there are in And America. I only drive manual. But here, here's my thing. That's a lie, but I, but I do like if it. If we're all, I guess, I guess, okay, all right, so. We don't, we don't need to camp out, we don't need it's to It's not up there long about. enough, because that's not a bad reason, because if you, because now, now there's a variable. If, if you've got half of the people in line have manuals and half of the people have automatics, the people who have automatics are theoretically going to be able to start that much sooner, so therefore, maybe the length of the yellow light is the average time that it takes for someone to get into the right gear and go, to get in first gear and go. Now, I would also say that you could also already be in first gear, like we do in America, wait, so. I did, I mean, the reason why I like it is is a, is, is a reason I already gave, it's emotional, it's psychological, so I, I don't, there's no argument here. It's fascination only. Well, one of the, the thing that I pointed out uh, at the beginning of the concert as well is that the urinals, um, well, there's a few differences in the bathroom we'll talk about, but one of the differences in the bathrooms in the men's bathrooms is that the urinals, and I'm assuming that's what they call them as well, uh, on the wall that you pee into. You can poop into them, I, I, I have in an emergency. I but. think they call them loo holes. <laughs> um, the bathroom's called a loo, so. Nowhere, anywhere, was there a divider between the urinals. And and now that it is not exclusive, it, it's not that there's only dividers in the US, but there's dividers in most places. At least 50%. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did not encounter one urinal divider. And they're pretty close to each other, so it's kind of like I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but you know I what don't I feel I don't feel completely comfortable. You know what I think it is? They don't talk. They don't have small talk with strangers. That's something that doesn't happen. Like it, uh, it happens some in America. Like people strike up a conversation with somebody just out and about. Do you think that's the case? You just went to one city for a couple of days. I read about this. Oh, we've been reading. Uh, I just wanted to validate what I thought were the differences. I'm like, I just happened to find that out. Like they don't, they don't have small talk on like the tube. You know, you don't. It's weird for them to speak to each other, to yeah. strangers. To now speak in to New York, I, I, I mean, on the subway, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see people talking to each other. But I, th I think maybe there's a higher likelihood that Americans will shoot the breeze at adjacent urinals if there's no divider. But the Brits don't have to worry about that. I've had a number of people strike up a conversation with me while I was urinating. In I, London though? No, definitely no, not in London. Not, but Not in London. I. Uh, but if there that, was a that divider. Is not my preferred communication. No, I, I, don't, I don't like, talk, I don't even talk to. I don't even turn my head, I will not respond myself. to Myself, I don't talk to myself at a urinal. No, definitely. You don't, you don't wanna be at a urinal muttering to yourself. That's not a good look. So they don't have dividers. They also don't have paper towels. That's good on them. A lot and of hand dryers. And this is, I mean, this was hand the case dryers, uh, yeah. in Amsterdam as well. I think. And in Australia. There may be a. I think everybody else has figured out that we don't need to dry our hands on trees, except for us. But is it really better for the environment? Because you're using electricity, which in most places is still, the majority of the electricity is being produced by fossil fuel burning. So I mean, I guess once we go all renewable, it definitely makes sense. It has been proven that they're less, they're, they're not as sanitary though, I think. Don't quote me on that, but I think that they did a study that the hand dryers, even though sometimes they say it's more sanitary, 
it's not more sanitary because it's blowing bathroom air around. You know what's in bathroom air is little pieces of pee and poop, man. Well the thing, and they a lot of them would have that Dyson where you'd like, it's that small slot that you gotta like totally get your flat hands in and the then it opens blade. up a little bit on the air blade and then you're like slowly pulling your hands back out. That's nerve wracking, man, because you feel like you're so close to the plastic parts that everybody's been so close and to. And not only that, what happens on the way out? You touch, the, you touch the handle. You don't have a paper towel. You can't do the perfect bathroom trip without a without a paper towel. We wrote a whole song about this. The paper towel is for a, opening the door. We we still use that instrumental at the end of our ear biscuits. That is what that is, isn't it? It's a perfect bathroom trip. So you can't have a perfect bathroom trip in England because you're going to end up contaminating yourself on the door handle no matter how I well it goes. I think you can use your shirt sleeve. Or your own hanky or your foot. You, but you open it up with your foot, now everybody who decides to open it up with their hand has been compromised. Did you feel like the hotel was different? Definitely, and we stayed at the hotel that was um, right there at the venue, at the XL. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've stayed at this brand of hotel in the US. And listen, I'm, I'm about to sound like a spoiled brat, fine, whatever. We, I think we already do. Deal with it. We um, are spoiled. We but, sound like it all the time. Just but keep it keep keep it rolling. While we're talking about differences, I'm going to tell you. I mean, the sheets were rough, man. The sheets were, sheets were rough. The sheets felt like a little cardboardy, and then the the TP in the bathroom. I was gonna the TP. I was gonna ask the, Jenna if she thought the sheets were rough, but like she works for us. She's not, you know, she puts up with us all the time. She can probably put up with some rough sheets. Did you think the sheets were rough? I did, but it's okay. Yeah, you, you did because they were not. I, I didn't fine. notice. I didn't notice the sheets were rough, but I'll tell you what I noticed. When I took a shower and then I got that towel down and I was I was drying off, I dry off my face first and I take a deep breath and the freaking towel smelled like ramen. No, oh, yeah, they they make towels out of ramen there. <laughs> I mean, it's if if it got real damp, it might would have just turned into a floppy noodle. But maybe that might be an isolated thing because I have a theory about. The, the rough toilet paper and the rough sheets. Again, I've stayed at this brand, this kind of hotel in the US and I do not remember this. And again, I'm not saying that it was intolerable. I slept fine. It's, not, it's just good. the sheets that I enjoy on my bed and at the typical hotels that I frequent in the United States of America have very soft sheets. It's just part of the deal. High thread count. And also, they have quilted toilet paper inside of the bathrooms. I have quilted toilet paper in my bathroom. So what's the theory? Because I have, a, you know, I, I I want to treat my my butthole well. I mean, that's I mean, that's what I do. That's the kind of guy that I am. I actually have a bidet, <laughs> but then well, you know, I got a bidet. I got a bidet for days. I just think, <laughs> I just think that something about okay, like I can set the exact temperature of it. You you, you have the history of. So pampered. You had the history of the 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 English people, like you know. I could sear my own butthole with the temperature of my bidet if I wanted to. Well, you don't do that. That's not that's not caring. Just for like your you want to, you just want to. When you're done, you just want that thing. Do you want to hear the theory? Smoke. The theory is sizzle that Western Europe, like people. They, they like, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough bunch, man. I mean, actually, le like legitimately, if you ever, if you ever, uh, if you ever uh, read Guns, Germs, and Steel, which I have recommended on this podcast before, uh, 
a lot of people ask, why is it that the people from Western Europe who went to the New World, why why did they not die from the diseases? Why was it the Native Americans that died from the diseases that the white people brought? Because they had rough rectums, that's why. The reason is, is because they had lived in close quarters and sort of this like uncomfortable, bacteria-laden lifestyle. Sewage on the on Sewage the and people on top of each other. Like if you go back to like, old school Western Europe back in the Middle Ages, it was dirty as crazy, it was so crazy. Unapologetically crazy stepping on chickens. People dying all over the place and then you've got you know, the people uh, in the New World, the Native Americans. Wide open space, Wide open. Pottery. They weren't living on top of each other and so you got these super viruses, super bacteria that are coming across you know, on these boats and then just decimating the native population. I think that they just have this Ruddiness. They've been, it's, it's just been rough, man. They And, and they like it rough. <laughs> they, they like the sheets rough. They don't know that the sheets are rough. But something about coming over to. We're soft. Com, coming over here and like starting a new nation that's all about freedom. <laughs> you know, it's like. We freedom! Did, we, we, Why are you guys saying we, we just got, we got ahead of ourselves, you know? We, we're like, oh, you know what? We can we we can vote. We don't have to have a king. We can have a president. <laughs> and we got all we all got high, we got all high and mighty about all our freedoms and the next thing you know we got I wanna soft wipe my everything. butt with a blanket. Right. We wanted everything so soft. And we got it. And now we're spoiled. And, oh, we're spoiled. And, and 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 they're like, "No, no, keep it rough, man." And so I actually I envy them. I envy them that they can take it rough. They can take it rough. They can take a rough sheet. They can take a rough TP because my booty's adjusted. It's like now I go over there and I can't take it. It's like I don't have to travel with my own freaking toilet paper because I'm just a, you know, spoiled American. Yeah, you you're spending too much time minding the wrong gap. You feel me? Yeah. I never saw that sign by the way. I never saw a sign that said mind the gap. I saw a sign that said underground, but they call it the tube. Yeah, we went on that. I think an underground is a is a is a pedestrian tunnel. While we're complaining about things, I oh, know a subway is a pedestrian tunnel. While we're we, now I'm going to say I loved I loved London. Okay, <laughs> let me let me just say that. And but let's go back to complaining now. That's where you I, said it. <laughs> that's where I'm going to land. Oh god, I loved London. I plan to go back. But let me complain. We think it's funny to complain. Let me just I'm just going to complain a little bit more because I do. Want to talk about the food? I feel I have to talk about the food. Okay, now let me just say, I know that. Again, not only are we spoiled as a just as a culture, we are spoiled above and beyond because we live in Los Angeles. It's and a good we, food place. Yeah, we just we we have access. We got we can get some good food, y'all. We like. I go back. I go back to North Carolina, and I in in. And it's gotten a whole lot better than it was, even when we moved away. But if you don't give it up, if you don't get up in there in the Raleigh area, you go, you're not going to get real good food. But now, no, you're going to get comfort food that's comfortable everywhere, reliably good. Um, I mean, I don't enjoy Golden Corral. As what I'm saying is well, that I I just can't do it anymore. I know. I know you know. I, I you, you can but, judge me all you want. I just can't enjoy it anymore because I I've gotten. I gotten too big for my britches. But what happens is we go to London and we just, well, you know what? 
I'll let you take it from here because you you had some you had some choice opinions as well. Why don't you tell them about? Well, they there's the you know it's the trope that the food's not good in London, and then they said, but it's gotten a lot better. And what you know, you imagine what, what it was like. Um, we we went to this place. We 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 had to grab some lunch, and we're like going to this place. We end up going to this place called Slug and Lettuce. <laughs> Listen. It's a it's we, a chain. We, we about Why to, on earth? We about to throw slug and lettuce under the under the bus. We're about to the rip a double em. decker bus. We about to rip them a new one with the roughest toilet paper you have ever ever felt on your rectum. Why on earth would you name a place slug and lettuce? Maybe it means something different in English. <laughs> <laughs> And why on earth would I suggest after you, we saw like five places it. that, well because they had a menu out front and it said, they had fish and chips on the menu. It's like, you know, we need to eat like a British, some food from Britain. Well, and let we us. We need to eat some, they have fish and chips. We need to premise this with the fact that we weren't really in the main part of London, like where the XL is, I don't know what part of London we were in, but. We were like 40 minutes out. We were, we we're in were a suburb. Like, we were in the Anaheim of London, for those of you who are familiar with the Los Angeles area. Like if you go to Anaheim and you're like, I don't like LA, well, you haven't been to LA. Like that's, it's different, right? It's a suburb. So where the XL is is not exactly London. Well, and we took a gondola across across the, the landfill <laughs> to. And the River Thames. Yeah, to see, to go in the O2 where they had all these different places where you could eat and we're like perusing the menus as you walk down the pathway. And I'm like, let's just eat here. We're gonna grab and go something. It's like they got fish and chips and they got salads if you don't want that. And I need to eat some fish and chips. But the reason we didn't uh, eat at, um, there was also like a Mexican place. There was a Mexican place, but there the, was an Italian place. But let's, we have to tell a side story before we tell the slug and lettuce story because the reason we didn't get the Mexican food is because the night before, we had been out uh, we, in the main part of London. Like we went to Shoreditch, and then we ended up going to so Soho or somewhere. I don't know where we went. Anyway, so we were kind of going. We were bar hopping, basically going uh, to these old English bars that said things like "since 1529," which was that, that was amazing. To yeah. go into a bars that were that old. But we went to this really really cool place that was inside an old prison, and the. Well, uh, old jail. They had old jail. Um, yeah, you go downstairs, and it was all this brickwork. And they seated us in this room that was an archway entrance. That then it was one huge table that had bench seating the other left side and the right side in the back, just like a U seating. And the whole ceiling was like a bricked-in hangar. It was like uh, art an archway. It was an old cell. Yeah, it was an old and, jail cell, and, and we, we didn't were, realize that. And we were like uh, very cool. We, uh, we we were hungry. We were getting some pints, but we wanted some food as well. And so, I was like, uh, do, "Are you guys serving any food?" Because it was late. It was like almost midnight. I was like, "You guys serving any food?" He says, um, "Yes, uh, we have. Uh, what do you what do you call them? Um, the small Mexican crisps." <laughs> and we all looked at each other, and you said, "It's like tortillas." He's like, yes, he, what tortilla he really meant was tortilla chips. chips and some salsa. So, and then you were like, oh yes, that. So he said, I'll, like, bring, I'll bring you everything that I have. He had some olives, he had some pickles, 
He had, again, this is a very cool place. The gherkins, I think. But he brought the Mexican crisps, the tortilla chips. Now again, we're from Los Angeles. We know what a freaking tortilla chip is. We probably we're, can get some of the best in the world, right? We're very close to uh, the place where there's lots the of The source. Those, Mexico. And the tortilla chips were, I mean, they were tortilla chips. Yeah. They weren't absolutely horrible. They were small Mexican crisps. The salsa was ketchup with, tomato, with, with onions in it. It was ketchup with onions in it. I mean, that's the only way that I can describe it. It was ketchup with onions in it. Now well, I, mean, I ate it, two, it, I ate two bowls of it because <laughs> I was I was did. very hungry. You ate everything. and I like ketchup and onions. Yeah, it's yeah. just that's not salsa. I know, but uh, I mean, you're in London. Why are you ordering chips and salsa? It's all they had. <laughs> it's all they. So had. that's why the next it day it wasn't like we chose that. It was like that's all that they, they right right everything they had we. Got. I was still having an incredible time. I loved everybody. I loved the scenery. The and drinks the, were great. Old, the gr- drinks were great. The atmosphere was great. The 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 people were the great. people were great. But then the next day, you were like, I want to get some tradition. I want to get some fish and chips. And I was like, Well, I definitely don't want to go to the Mexican restaurant because I don't. I'm not in the mood for Mexican crisps. This is Valentine's Day. I was kind of. I was in a sad place at that moment. You know, I just didn't. I wanted to be with my wife. I didn't want to be with you. Right. Eating Mexican crisps at some arena. Yeah, it was an arena. The o, uh, it was the O2. It was an arena. Slugging, but you insisted on so slugging like, lettuce. Least, at least, well, they got fish and chips, and it looks British in there, and. and Jenna picks up the menu and she's like crinkle browed and she's like, well there's like 18 pages of drinks and there's like one page of food. It's like but this there, is just a bar. But there was a lot of stuff on the, there was a lot of stuff on the menu because at that point I had already made the decision that I wanted to get something healthy. Well I'm gonna get fish and chips. Regardless of, what, uh, of how bad it is. So I had a little issue because I wanted the salmon and the superfood salad, right? Oh gosh. But they had salmon with vegetables and then they had the superfood salad with this other meat and so I went up there to order the bar. I was like, so yeah, I want the superfood salad but instead of the instead of the, the steak, I want the salmon. He's like, oh, we can't do that. <laughs> it was like I had asked to, to like walk out with something. And he was like, we can't do that. I was like, you sure you can't just, I, you can't just do the salmon? You might as well have said, you know, I'd like to burn this place down. Yeah, yeah, and then he went and he's like, I'll go ask my manager. He goes and asks the manager and I see him ask the manager and the manager like looks at me and he's like, yeah. like, what? Like, what? what? Okay, so you can't substitute. Maybe I've gotten spoiled because you can substitute other meats in. Now, now at that point, you know, you weren't, you weren't that spoiled because at that point, what did you do? I ordered both. <laughs> I said okay. Well, then I'll take the salmon with that, and then I'll take the the superfood side, the salad, whatever, and just give me both of them. The fish and chips, just to cut to the chase here, were horrible. I mean, why come the fish and chips are horrible? They were there was it were the blandest, tasteless. I mean, I'm sitting there like pouring vinegar and salt over the whole thing. I mean, I need a lot of salt, and they don't they don't salt a lot of stuff. I guess. Well, no, because it just was bad. No, so because bad, we had man. good food, but at the slug and lettuce. We might as well have had a slug or lettuce. After our show, we're devoting this whole freaking podcast to complaining about <laughs> everything in London. We'll be back, guys. I feel horrible. Um, after the show, we're like, we can't go in. We're just gonna go back to the room. We're gonna order room service, and we're like, well, we find out that, like the hotel doesn't have room service at this time of night. Yeah, that's another so we, thing. So we're at the front desk, and they're like, well, can we order pizza? And he's like, yes, and he like gives us three different like. Flyers of what, where you can order pizza. Now, no, no places that are no, no chains that are that I recognize. And listen, 
I, it didn't like I think that Domino's and Little Caesars, et cetera, Pizza Hut is like the best pizza in the world. I think we, but it's good pizza. I mean, it's passable pizza. I will say that we have come to appreciate it anew <laughs> because they delivered this pizza and it, it was so bad, my wife loves pizza. I had to put her on video chat in order to show her mm. how sad this pizza was. And it's a place, it's a pizza delivery place. And let me tell you that the guys at the front desk at this hotel we were staying in specifically pointed out this place. They were like, we got that the other night and it was great. And so I was like, okay. So I think that 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 it's us, I, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 it was awful. I wait, don't wait, understand. Uh, Listen, pizza is simple. It's dough, it's sauce, it's cheese, and it's toppings. And they you don't failed. Have to tell them what pizza is? But they failed miserably in all four categories. It was uncanny. It. I. I was like, how much of it did you eat? Five pieces. <laughs> <laughs> but I did not enjoy it. He didn't enjoy it one bit. At all, no. it was just sustenance. I was freaking right. tired after our show and the meet and greet, we, I mean, we hadn't eaten anything in a very long time. Oh, we were, we're so, it's so hungry. sad. It was 2 a.m. <laughs> but let's talk about the food that we did enjoy because I well, also had what I consider to be one of the top, it's definitely top 20 meals that yeah, I've had in a restaurant. I'll agree with that. Um, if you wanna get really good British food, Get Indian food. <laughs> we ate at this yeah. place, uh, Dishoom in Shoreditch. And uh, people, this is like a sit down restaurant, fancy cocktail drinks, like all the Indian food that you would expect from an Indian restaurant. And so, so it's like a sit down meal dining experience. Um, people are lined up around the block waiting for like hours, like people probably yep. waiting three hours. Waiting to wait. Waiting to then put their name in and wait. We waited an hour and a half and we just had to have one person there. And, so. I, and it, it was worth, it was worth it. It was so good, it was like a magical experience and I think that's the key. You eat all this stuff and it's just so bland or like unbelievably horrible and then you like this have the, you go to these dining experiences and they book, I think it's top 20 it's either really great or just really great by comparison but but it was fabulous but can you explain to me it was me so good how okay so right okay traditional english food has a reputation for being bland right sort of meat and potatoes mushy peas but then uh one of the culture, you know, one of the countries that they imperialize <laughs> has incredible food, and they end up getting, uh, they end up getting the, that food, and now they kind of call it their own. Yeah, but if they like that food, they didn't mess it up because Indian. But food why didn't it is, make the other food better? Right, Indian food is so, so flavorful and yes. so bright, and like it's some. I think it may be the best food on the planet. I think it, it might be my favorite like flavor. I mean, we were gushing about it for hours. But it, because, okay, because the other good meal we had was the night before when we went to that um, that really old bar that I think was founded in 1666, which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah, we had some meat pies, they we, were good. And we had uh, a and Guinness some, and uh, I had a venison meat pie that was, oh and then we got like a little sampler that had like a scotch egg and some other things. All great, really, 
really, really good. So and, you go to the right place, you can get some good stuff. And that's like traditional stuff. It was really good. It was like, it just had the right flavor balance. Cause Stevie, Stevie got a, a meat pie at Slug and Lettuce. You remember what that thing looked like? Oh gosh. They should just call it slug on lettuce and that's what they should serve. You know, you go and you're like, I'll, you know what I want because it's all what you serve. I want a slug on a piece of lettuce. This, and you know what? You will have a better experience than we had. This episode of Ear Biscuits is not brought to you by slug and lettuce. Uh, we also had some great Thai food. Um, very interesting Thai food, just catty corner oh. to Dishoom when we couldn't get in the, the first night. Was that called the smoking goat or something uh, like are that? Are we gonna talk about anything else? Cause I, let's switch from the food in the, you know. Yeah, 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 let's, yeah. So anyway, we, we we had some good food and we had some bad food. Uh, we took a walking tour. I like to take a walking tour when I'm new to a city. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. Um, we took a walking tour. This one, uh, well, it happened to be a Jack the Ripper walking tour. Yeah. Uh, turns out, didn't know much about the guy, he's a serial killer. And so, uh, I th- you probably already knew that. And I think I did, but I just didn't wanna th- dwell on it. So I find myself walking around the city and it is butt cold and windy as all get out. And I'm like. We're I'm a little underdressed too. We're a little underdressed. And um, this woman is walking us around saying, oh look, here, a woman was disemboweled in her, in her you know, her throat was slit, and then her 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 innards were were thrown over her shoulders. Yeah. And let's walk over here. I got another story for you. This hey, woman's uterus was was cut out. This woman, her throat was slit, and her innards were thrown over, thrown out of her body. Hey, now c- let's keep walking. I got a nu- surprise. Here, here's where a woman. You'll never believe this. A woman's throat was slit, and her innards were thrown out. Yeah, that's what Jack Just keep did. walking. And I think that just kept happening. It was and quite it just kept repetitive. Getting colder and colder. It was like it was it was like a serial walking tour. It was like the same walking tour again and again and again. And the whole the the theme of the night was we don't know who Jack the Ripper was, but it might have been this guy. It might have been this guy. It might have been this guy. And at the end she was like, so who do you think it was? And we were like, I think wherever he is, he's probably warmer than me right now. <laughs> I was just thinking, does it matter? <laughs> I mean, does it really matter? What, are we gonna go put him in jail? <laughs> <laughs> we are we yeah. are horrible. We are horrible walking tour patrons because like no, when we did I, that was walking, be, I was being very nice. The ghost though. tour in New Orleans, like we were, we were not good patrons there. No, but because that that girl, that was not good. She okay. was not doing a good job. But th- th- this woman was was really good at her job. She was a ripperologist. Ripperologist. That's a, that's a title you can just give yourself. That's also someone who uses UK toilet paper. VidCon was a blast. Um, uh, and what I mean by that was we did a we did a Q and A. Stevie asked us some questions submitted by Mythical Beast who were there. I always have fun doing that because we yeah. I, the the objective is to throw Stevie off of her game to like just try to f- and you know bring the audience along for the ride. That was fun. We did a meet and greet. We got to press the flesh with some fans. That's a political term for just like shake hands with people. Yeah, you should probably come up with a new one. Um, and we had we had done our concert which um. I'm gonna watch the tape back. I'm sure I'll have a lot of notes for us. But in general, I had a really fun time. I, I said it from stage. I was proud of you. 
you sat there and you played your keyboard for the first time. Did you, okay. Look at that. Speaking of that, now I've already told you that uh, our you know, musical hero, John Mayer, uh, is learning. You told me that he was learning to play the piano and I went on his Instagram and saw that he was doing that. Do you know who else is learning to play the piano right now? And I just saw on his Instagram? Um, John Legend, He's he's been finger sinking this entire time. Nope, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon is Jimmy learning Fallon. to play the piano and very musically gifted. And, and was too. like, I am learning to play the piano, and he's taking a course, an online course that Harry Connick Jr. teaches. Huh, really? And John Mayer commented on Jimmy's post and said, "I've got adult onset piano fever as well." And I was like, "Well, hold up, so do I." And like John Mayer was born five days after me. I love him. And Jimmy was is a little bit older than us. I like him a lot too. Um, now John. Mayer commented on Jimmy's post. I commented on Jimmy's post. At this point in time, he's responded to John Mayer. Okay. Hasn't uh, responded to me, but you know, I mean, give him time. Give him time. But what is you, it? You want me to get in the mix? Is there something? Is there something in the air? Is there something in the water? Is this Twitter or Instagram? This is Instagram. I'm on that. Shout out to Link Lamont on Instagram. I'll get in the mix. It's just interesting that old old men are teaching themselves how to play the piano. Uh, it's a it's a midlife crisis kind of thing. Definitely seems like it. We had a great time at the concert. Thank you. It was fun for, for all of you who came. It uh, did it did open things up to play that piano. Um, I want to make an observation, um, uh, about the crowd at VidCon, not the crowd in the crowd, but the the other YouTubers, okay, right? Not our people. Um, not Mythical Beast. You're talking about. I'm talk I think I, I know where you're going. I'm talking specifically uh and I didn't know I didn't know many. I didn't know any. I, I you know, I, I I've got like the British YouTubers, you know, Tom Scott and Jack and Dean and Dan and Phil and you know, the people who've been around for a really long time that everybody knows about. I regret we didn't get to talk to Jack or Dean. I I, I spoke uh I spoke to Jack. Okay. Briefly, he said hello to me. He didn't, but now I feel bad because you get to talk to him. So just act, you know. He said hello. Just take it to someone, probably. Um, but I noticed that now there's the old school like sketch guys that I kind of know and understand, but then there's like the new school British vlogger, right? And I'm maybe they're just maybe they're European in general. Maybe I don't know, but I just noticed there was like a uniform. Did you did you know what I'm talking? There's a lot of brow threading. I noticed that. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Both both the 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 the, the men and the women are very, pay a lot of attention to their eyebrows being very perfectly shaped. But everyone's in athletic wear. Yes, like cool matching sweats. Like all the girls have these like, they look like they're about to go to the gym in like a really nice resort. And they have their hair in ponytails. They have a crap ton of makeup oh, on. Oh goodness, yes. A crap ton of scent perfume on. Yeah. And uh, they look like they're about to run like a celebrity track. Meat. You know thing. that you know that filter on Instagram that like makes your face look really fake and makeupy. Yeah, they just do that in real life. Yeah, but it's like 
everybody's really well put together. Like and airbrushed then, face. And then the guys are the same. Sort thing. of the same thing going on, but like an athletic wear. I mean, look, I got a hoodie on. You know, I, I'm ready to be athletic at any at the drop of a Is hat. Is this a Ariana Grande type thing? I think, like you know, with the ponytail and the athletic wear, she, she, you know, she'll do that. Is that also? Ha I, I don't. Is that happening in this country probably. as well? It, I, think, I believe it's probably, not yeah. just something that I'm. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't observe the young people anymore. Right. I just look over them. You look through your own kids, right? Right. Uh, and I have noticed that like our kids are like doing the athletic yeah. wear thing, but I mean it's a. But but they take it to another level, and it's like, it's like if your backup dancers were all wearing athletic wear, you know, it's like it's like that. It's a heightened type thing. It's heightened. Yeah. And then you get you're on an elevator, and then it's the doors are closed, and all of a sudden it's like oi oi oi, and then all of a sudden <laughs> the elevators open back up, and all these people pour in, and they're like. They're very excited about themselves. Oh, well. That's how I, I mean, feel. Okay. Yeah. I just felt like I was on an elevator with a bunch of people very excited about themselves. Now, we're different. We just we're just very picky and demanding and crotchety and and can fill I mean reams of I'm not, audio with with uh complaints. I'm not complaining about the extremely you know, they seem happier well, than us. Well-made athletic a lot teens. happier than us. But uh, I, I, ju I just made an observation. I felt like I was like, I had fast forwarded to some, dis in, in the distant future, yeah. we will colonize Mars and everyone will, we will wear matching athletic wear. Velour. And, and paint their faces and pull their hair really tight so that they can be transported by the special train that grabs you by your hair. I, I You know what I'm saying? It's like, that would begin to make sense to me. I it, But it's so, Everybody looked the same. They all, it was very uniform. It was like this is our uniform. We are British vloggers. I, I, again, I, it's probably not a British thing. You think it's just it's I, just I people of that age yeah, on yeah, the internet? Yes, now. yes, yes. Okay, yeah. we are people on the internet now. I love the humor. Like, let's not forget that. Like, we oh, made yeah. a video with Tom Scott, and in the middle of the video, I was like, I just, I just love the way you funny. You know, I, I didn't say that. Cause that doesn't even make sense, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like that was my sentiment. I'm, I really enjoy your humor. It's the greatest. It's the greatest. It's the greatest, man. It's the greatest humor. It's so self-deprecating. Um. So and we made it back. Oh, did I meet J.J. Abrams on the plane? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, I won't go into it, but we're buds. <laughs> Red was, the, you know, I. I, I pointed him out when we were at the, like waiting to get on the plane. We were like sitting there, yeah, pre-flight, like sitting in the airport. And then we start walking to our seats. I'm like that's J.J. Abrams. He just finished filming the Star Wars movie. It's like, not. It's not just J.J. Abrams. I mean, J.J. Abrams. This guy is responsible for the revival of the Star Trek universe. Star Wars. Star Wars. The show, like shows that we're on our list. He's a brilliant of, of our most influential television television. What a shows brilliant alias! What a brilliant entertainer, and, writer, director, producer. Oh gosh, this dude! And your seat was right next to him. And I'm like, I made up my mind. I wasn't going to talk to him. I just wanted. I respected him so much that I didn't want to 
do me to him. Well, but it was a t- it was a ten hour flight, and um, you weren't exactly. I mean, you were next to him. But Did I look at what like was d- on his phone throughout the entire flight? Yeah, he played Word with Words for Friends. He played some other game I I couldn't identify. He was texting people. Um, somebody was like, "Hey, can you talk?" And I was like, "Why am I reading his text? That's wrong." And I didn't read the rest. But it was kind of in my face. Like I wasn't like craning. Like he would hold up. He was kind of leaned back, and he would hold his. I don't know if he's near sighted or something. He wasn't wearing his glasses. He would hold his phone at like full length, full arms length it was away, so, it was so you could read his text, so that we could both read his phone. <laughs> he's like, Link, you 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 seeing what I'm seeing here? <laughs> well, yep. He, he hadn't talked to me. I, I'm and then over you, the you talked to him at the end. Over the yeah. course of the flight, I was like having this internal dialogue about this dialogue and also, more importantly, the dialogue that I was gonna have with my daughter. If I told Lily that I sat next to J.J. Abrams and I did not speak to him, she would be very angry. Yeah. Matter of fact, when I got home and I was like, Lily, guess who I met? And like we had a little yes or no game and uh, she guessed J.J. And she got tears in her eyes. Like literally, she was like, so like just emotional about the fact that I met him. <laughs> and it, so then I was validated that like, I had made up my mind that like when we're getting the bags and like he's about to walk out. And I'd noticed that like a, uh, a flight attendant, I'm not gonna call him a stewardess, came up to him like halfway through the flight and was like, this is from another area of the plane and like crouched down and talked to him for a while and like he was most gracious to oh, her. Super nice guy. And, he, and so I was like, I was like JJ, Congratulations on wrapping the shoot. And he and he looked at me like, Do, am I supposed to know you? And I'm like, uh, I just saw the pictures online uh, uh, that, that were posted and he was like, thanks man, thanks. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited about it. And I was like, well, you're not the only one. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just glad at this point that like, I was afraid at this point that, you, you're always afraid at this point, meaning when you're done f- shooting but haven't edited it, you haven't gotten to that stage, that like you're not gonna have everything. He's like, we got all of it and like, so he gave me an assurance. It's gonna he, be okay. He had everything he needed. J.J. Abrams has got his He's got what stuff he, on lockdown. He, he got what he needed. It's good to know. And I was like, you know what? I'm sure you do, J.J. And that was pretty much it. I'm sorry I had to cut off my conversation with you in order to turn and talk to him, but yeah, I was, was kind of in the middle of our conversation. I just like whip panned. I understood. Okay, I was glad, I was glad you you initiated with him. I was glad you waited until that moment to initiate with him as well. Yeah, because I, if you had done something to embarrass yourself early into the flight, then it would have been very awkward for the rest of the time. Right. For both of us. Right. Because you were next to me. Very gracious. Very gracious, dude. Very talented. Uh okay so well there it is so that that's London I you know I, I I'm sure that you have your opinions about uh, our opinions and uh, you know that's what the world's all about that's what the internet's about you, you know what let me know hashtag your biscuits because I am going back to London on vacation uh, with Lily and I am later in the year both of us will be back gonna, in London we are gonna in go back and we are gonna experience it for uh, j- just as tourists no not in work mode. And um, I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna tread lightly when it comes to the food, but I'm gonna tread heavy when it comes to the experience. I love it. I love it. Just gotta make the right choices. That's all. You just gotta make the right choices. No pizza. 
Uh, let me drop a recommendation. Um, we gotta start teasing that we do recommendations at the top so that people will endure our complaints into the end so they can get to this point and experience what I'm about to recommend to you okay. and to them. So, because it's my week for a recommendation. Check baby, check baby, one, two, three, four. Rex in Effect is the name of the band. This is a Rex in Effect. Okay. This is another song that, I was having a conversation with Britton the other night about Ronnie Millsap. Smoky mountain rain keeps on falling. Yeah, big fan. Oh, he's great. He's blind too. If you're curious, he's the he's the blind country music guy. He's, I think he was legally blind. I don't think he was completely blind. Well, he wears the sunglasses if you're trying to picture who he is. When I dressed up like Lionel Richie and sang Endless Love with you, dressed up as Diana Ross, I looked like Ronnie Millsap. Yeah, you did. So that's who this guy is. We were talking about him, talking about how much we loved him and he was like, well, we are talking about his voice and he was like, well, have you, have, have you heard his duet with Kenny Rogers? Oh. I was like, no, I haven't. Because Kenny has a signature voice and he's like, well, and then we put it on and I played it. 1987's Make No Mistake, She's Mine. Hmm. Um, Sounds like the girl is mine, Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson kind of situation. It exactly is that. About the same year. A couple of years earlier, this was originally a Barbara Streisand, Kim Carnes song. Um, but then when they did their country version, they changed it from Make No Mistake, He's Mine to She's Mine, and they won a Grammy for it. Um, incidentally, it was also uh, performed in uh, a season of Glee, this song. So you have to listen hmm. to it on your own, I'm not gonna play it for rights issues, but make no mistake, she's mine, Ronnie Millsap and Kenny Rogers. I sat there and listened to it. I get, I, I'm getting goosebumps just telling you about it. Look at that. And you listen to it and you tell me who has the better voice. Uh, that That's the question and it, it's almost an impossible question, they both you think well, I would say Ronnie Millsap just I, and based, then, based on But then when I heard it Kenny my, Kenny starts and he's got that rasp and it's basically perfection. And then when Ronnie comes in it's smooth like oh, it's jazz. A, it's a oh, good mix. I can imagine. It, I can't believe I'd never heard this song. You're going to love it, man. And you might like it too. It's it's uh, <laughs> you might. I it it's the voices, the iconic country music voices in one song. I'll leave it at that. If they played Ronnie Millsap at the Slug and Lettuce, I might go back. You know, just have a drink and listen to some music. Yeah, yeah. I take it all back, Slug and Lettuce. Hashtag Ear Biscuits. Let us know what you think about all this. Thanks for hanging out with us, for listening to us, and whatever you're doing in your day. Man, I'm glad we're a part of it. Yeah.